This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Highfill. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace River Church. I want to say thank you so much for checking us out online at home today. We are in a series called Asking for a Friend. And the reason why we're in this series is sometimes there's questions that we would like to ask, but it's just a little awkward for us to ask. So instead, we like to ask for a friend. And one of the really tough questions that we're actually tackling in this series, asking for a friend, is if the church is full of hypocrites, then why in the world uh, should I ever join one? And so if the church is full of hypocrites, why should I ever join one? And the reality is, is that uh, there are no perfect people anywhere. And so I always tell people, uh, if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you will just mess it up. The reality is, is we are all hypocrites and there's a gap between who we say we are and what we actually do in our real lives. And so today we're going to be talking about how we can close that gap and the importance of all of this. And so that's the big idea. My hope is that you take a next step on your spiritual journey as we talk about hypocrisy, as we talk about uh, being not just the best version of you. That's not what we're talking about. Instead, we're talking about being the version of you that God uh, desires and wants you to be. And so we're going to jump right into this talk. And, uh, you know, I loved playing with Legos as a kid. Um, But can you imagine playing with Legos as a kid and being judged by uh, your Legos not looking great, right? Like putting together, building a house or building a little, building a castle or whatever. And then can you also imagine the pressure of being an engineer's kid? You know, I'm not, my my parents weren't engineers, but if my parents were engineers uh, and they gave, or architects, and I was given a Lego set, there would probably be a little more pressure on me as a result of their profession, right? Now, as Christians, uh, there is a lot of pressure on us to live perfect lives. And I want to do something today. I want to remind you that the goal of Christianity is not perfection. The goal instead is progress, that we know this. Uh, The thing that used to frustrate me the most about my own spiritual journey was that I never felt like I was going to be good enough for God. I kind of lived in this, in this thing I called worthy world, which is I'm not worthy of God. But that's the prerequisite of salvation. That's the prerequisite of the person of Jesus is that we are not worthy, and that's why we get him anyways. And so if the church is full of hypocrites, then why in the world would I ever join a church? And so today we're actually going to be in Romans chapter 7. The Apostle Paul talks a lot about this, and he talks really about his own struggles which I want you to know, if you, would, if you can relate uh, to someone that isn't perfect, it is the Apostle Paul. I mean, and what the comforting thing behind his life is this, is that he writes nearly half of the New Testament uh, and even tells us himself that he is the chief of all sinners. Uh, he tells us exclusively uh, about uh, the troubles that he had. And in fact, in Romans chapter 7, we get to see some of this struggle. In Romans 7, starting in verse 15, Paul says this, I don't really understand myself. Have you ever been there? I don't really understand myself. I don't understand what my passion is. I don't understand what my purpose is. I don't understand God's plan for my life. And ultimately what he's trying to get at here is he doesn't understand why he struggles with sin, why he struggles with the old hurts, the old habits, the old hangups in his life. Uh, he goes on to say, for what I want, to do is what is right. So there is this desire inside of him to do the right thing. And I think there's the desire inside of me, and I think the desire may even be inside of you to do the right thing, right? But I don't do it. So we know 
what the right thing is to do. Paul says, I know what the right thing is, but, and I have the desire to do the right thing, but instead of doing the right thing, I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I do the very thing that I know that I shouldn't do. And then he goes on to say, but, in verse 16, but if I know that what I am is doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. And so the law was intended in the Old Testament, was what he's referring to, uh, the law was intended to be like a guide rail uh, to keep people from sinning. And so he says the law wasn't necessarily bad. So I am not the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. So if you wonder what the desire to do wrong is, it's what Paul calls our flesh or the sin that is lurking inside of all of us. Every single one of us are not perfect. Every single one of us have sin. Every single one of us deal with temptation and we oftentimes give in to temptation and go into sin. But he says this, that it's something else inside of us. It's sin living in us. Then in verse 18, uh, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Again, there's this desire to do what is right but he can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. And so you almost see like this duplicity. You almost see like this, this good versus evil happening in Paul's life. And man, have you ever been in that spot where you knew the right thing to do, but you chose to do the wrong thing? And that's what Paul is talking about is this struggle to do the right thing, even though we slip up oftentimes. We have this desire to do what is right. Uh, it, there is who we say we are, and then there's what we actually do. And like I mentioned today, we're going to talk about how we close the gap between those two things. But in Romans chapter 7, verse 20, the last verse that we're going to look at, but if I do what I, what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And so then in verse 22 through 23, I love God's law with all my heart. I think I can relate with this. I love God's standard. I love his law with all of my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. We don't have to be slaves to sin, but when we choose to sin over and over and over again, we become, it becomes our master, it becomes our slave. Verse 24, oh, what a miserable person that I am. And we're going to talk about this today. The misery comes when we live in the gap. Uh, we want to shorten that gap between who we say we are and what we actually do. And the closer that gap gets to each other, the less misery we experience in our lives. Uh, he says, who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So how will you gain freedom? How will I gain freedom? Uh, between the gap, that in-between space, it is the person of Jesus. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to Sin, And so there's a couple ways that we can actually close the gap, and I want to share those ways with you right now. The first one is this, is by simply acknowledging that there is a gap. I mean, the first way for us to really start dealing with this is to actually call it for what it is, that there is a gap between who we say we are and what we actually do. Uh, John says this in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. He says, if we claim that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. I think a lot of people lie to themselves and like to act like they have it all together. Uh, but the reality is, in order for us to deal with hypocrisy, in order for us to deal with, with, with all of this, we got to just basically say, hey, the truth is there is a gap. The truth is there is something that keeps me from being the person that I say I am 
to, to actually living that out. And that starts with me acknowledging what exactly that is. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our wicked ways, all of our wickedness. God is faithful uh, to change our lives, to close the gap, but we first of all have to confess that sin to him. Now, the reality is, is God knows all about our junk. He knows all about our baggage. And so it's kind of ridiculous for us to hide this stuff from him because he knows everything we do, even the intentions and the desires of our heart. God knows those things. Uh, the hypocrite comes and likes to pretend like everything is perfect, everything is normal, everything is fine. And so what I love to tell people is this, is that we are all broken. Every single one of us have the gap. My question, though, is, is this, is are we shrinking the gap? We're, we're never going to be perfect, but we need to be making progress on the journey. And my hope and my prayer for you is that you're making progress on this journey. Psalms chapter 32, 3 through 5 says this. David writes, it says, Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All of my guilt is gone. You know, I think that we all live with a level of guilt, shame, regret, and remorse in our lives and we were never intended to live with that kind of weight, to live with that kind of burden. And David, the author of this particular psalm, says, man, when the weight was lifted, the guilt was gone. And I want you to know, you can live a life like that, but you can't live a life like that without acknowledging that there is a gap. And so maybe today your next step is just simply acknowledging, man, there is a gap between who I say that I am and what I actually live out in my life. And that you would acknowledge the gap. And then the second step beyond acknowledging the gap is saying, man, I'm going to close the gap. So instead of just acknowledging it, I mean, it's one thing to acknowledge that, hey, we have a problem, right? That's one thing to acknowledge it. That's really the first step. The second step is an action plan. I'm like, man, how can I close the gap between who I say I am and what I actually live out in my day-to-day life? Jesus gives a warning to religious people, which I think is amazing because if Jesus was talking in front of us, it would be a warning to us. Uh, And it was a warning really to the religious people that were more interested in making themselves look good on the outside than what was actually happening on their inside. And I think we can all get caught up in this. We can all, the longer we're following Christ, the more we want to sometimes impress people, the more we want to sometimes make it look like our lives are are perfect. But I say this a lot at Grace River Church, there are no perfect people allowed here. And so if you're perfect, you're going to probably hate our church uh, because, well, first of all, if if you say you're perfect, you're actually a liar because every single one of us are imperfect, right? Uh, And so perfection is not the goal. I'll say this again, progress is the actual goal on the journey. But in Matthew 22, uh, 23 through 27, the Bible says this, Jesus says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law, you Pharisees. So again, Jesus is talking to Pharisees here. "For, For you are like whitewashed tombs, This is pretty aggressive language that Jesus is using here. He he calls them like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurities. Wow. I mean, that is a a cautious warning. And so this is a a Grace River coffee mug. And so shameless plug for Grace River. These are great mugs. I hope you have one. If you don't, come by and visit us sometime. We'd love to give you one in person. But uh, man, what's, what's great about these mugs is, uh, is you can eat cereal out of them. They're pretty big and girthy. 
But what, for sake of this illustration, though, I want to kind of share with you what Jesus is talking about. Jesus talks about religious people caring more about cleaning themselves on the, up on the outside and polishing themselves up on the outside and making themselves look good to their friends, family, and co-workers on the outside, but they're not very interested in cleaning the inside of their cup. And what Jesus' warning to religious people was is this, is that, man, you, you religious people, be careful that you're not just polishing the outside of your cup, but you're instead working on the inside of your cup. Uh, you think this, man, I wouldn't drink out of a dirty coffee cup. You know, I, wouldn't, I would make sure the inside of the cup was pure, inside of the cup was clean before I poured my coffee into it. But the reality with the way a lot of us live our lives is this, is that we're way more concerned about our Instagram posts, our Facebook posts. We're way more, way more concerned with how things look on the outside, and we're not as concerned about how things look on the inside. And so I wonder, how, how can we slow down and close the gap and go, you know what, man, instead of just focusing on the things on the outside, I'm also going to focus on, importantly, most importantly, the things that are going on in the inside of my heart. And so Honest Tea Company uh, recently did a sociological experiment, and they set uh, this kind of a, key, a tea kiosk up in 20 different cities all over the country. And a part of the kiosk is it was, un, it was an unmanned kiosk. And right here, people just had to simply deposit a dollar uh, to get a tea. And so it was kind of a, an honor system idea. Uh, and again, Honest Tea Company, it just kind of worked out with their name. And so interestingly enough, they did this in 20 different cities, and they found out what the most honest cities were and what the most dishonest cities were. The most honest city, uh, this is going to shock you, is Atlanta, Georgia. And what will not shock you is the most dishonest city uh, is Washington, D.C. That's the most dishonest place. Uh, and it may have something, with, something to do with politicians. Who knows, right? I don't know what the connection may be there. In fact, in Washington, D.C., someone actually tried to break into the kiosk to steal the money. They had cameras uh, built into to, to these kiosks to see what people's reaction were going to be. And so I tell you all of that for this one reason. Who are you when no one else is looking? See, in order to close the gap, you have to be the same person uh, no matter where that you're at. And so that's how you close the gap on hypocrisy is that you decide that I'm going to be the same person on Sunday that I am on Monday that I'm going to be the same person in front of my family and my kids that I am whenever I'm alone. I'm going to be the same person in front of my work friends as I am in front of my, of my church friends and my small group. Like, There's not a separation or a duplicity with who I really am. And so um, there's a, a quote by, by a famous author, Brennan Manning. He says this, The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. So would you be willing to say, I'm going to close that gap, and instead of acknowledging Jesus just with my lips, that I would also acknowledge Jesus with my lifestyle? And I think that's the gap, right, is that we say one thing, but we live another thing out. And what we do is, is that we can try to impress people with our strengths, uh, but we'll connect with people through our weaknesses. So the next time someone says to you that Christians are hypocrites, instead of defending it, would you just simply say, you're right, because we're just like everybody else, we're broken. See, I think the standard is, is this, back to the Lego illustration that we used earlier. The standard is oftentimes used on Christians that we should be perfect. But we can flip that script and just say this, you know, perfection is not attainable. That's why we need Jesus. Progress, though, 
Progress is the goal. And I want to challenge you to make progress in shrinking that gap. So three really quick next steps I just want you to kind of pray about today. The first one is this. Would you simply decide I'm going to acknowledge the gap? Like I'm going to acknowledge it, that I am broken, that I'm imperfect, that I've got things in my life that I'm not proud of, that, you know, that I've got things in my past. Maybe there are even, even things in my present. And I know there's going to be things in my future that I'm not proud of. But the reality is there is a gap. And then second of all, would you decide I'm going to close the gap? That instead of just, yeah, I got problems, right? Uh, I say this a lot. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And so I've got to make a decision to shrink and to shorten the gap. I've got to close the gap. And then the third thing is, is that you would confess your sin to God and to somebody else that you trust. In order for you to experience healing in your life and to close the gap, you need to confess your sins to God and then also another person that you trust. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I'm going to close with this verse and then I'm going to pray for you. 1 John 1, 9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And check this out. And to cleanse us from all wickedness. So I wonder today, which one of these three things do you need to do? Acknowledge the gap, close the gap, and then simply confess your sin to God. Maybe it's all three of these action steps for you to say, man, I am going to take a break just for a moment, reflect and consider and think about, man, how I can close the gap in my life. First of all, I got to acknowledge it. Second of all, I got I to close that gap. And really the action step to close it is to confess my sin to God and one other person that I trust. So, man, I hope that you have a next step to take today. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray that you not only have the wisdom to know what the next step is, but to have the courage to actually take it. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. God, I thank you that you love us, that you care for us. And God, that your expectation is not that we're perfect, but that we're making progress. So help us not to be hypocrites. Help us not to abuse your grace. Help us not to to just do what we want to do and make up our own rules. But God, help us to follow you. God, I know that religion can be exhausting and this, this rat race of keeping up with all these rules. So God, I pray that instead of, instead of following rules, that we just want to follow you. And God, that you would help us to close the gap from who we say we are to who we actually are. And let's, God, give us and empower us, God, to shrink that gap, to know the right thing to do, and have the courage to actually do it. God, we say we love you today, and we thank you for salvation through your only son, Jesus. It's in his name that we pray all this. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.